Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at BigBlueInsider1. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. Welcome to the Big Blue Insider. It's a new week, another game week, and we will talk a lot of football tonight on a gorgeous evening. And as Chris Bailey just told us, this may be the last one for a while. Maybe for the rest of the year. We've got the garage door open, but if 30-mile-an-hour winds are coming tomorrow, I will say that the doors will not be open tomorrow night. But uh, let us stick to what is right in front of us, and that is some COVID news, a lot of U.K. talk tonight. Uh, it's a full lineup. Uh, Neil Price will join us. He's our buddy who for 10 years was part of the U.K. Network family and now is the radio voice of Mississippi State. And if you have seen any of the clips on social media of Mississippi State's upset win over LSU. You have heard Neil calling touchdowns for the Bulldogs. Had to be a really cool experience. I covered an upset win at LSU with the U.K. Network many years ago, and now Neil just had his first shot at doing the same. So we will chat with Neil. Chris Doring is going to join us. He is our friend from the SEC Network. He was a guy who did pick Kentucky against Auburn, and I guarantee you he feels like uh, most of us – that uh, the Wildcats outplayed the Tigers for a lot of that ball game, and uh, their own mistakes ended up beating Kentucky. So we'll hear from him as well. And we're also going to check in with Richard Skinner about those Cincinnati Bengals, who uh, you know at least should be two and one, and yet they're o two and one, which is just a bizarre record. So lots to do. Billy and Aaron are here as well. Aaron got to, got to meet your dog today as we uh, we right. bumped into each other masks on at uk i had my dog who you know could eat your dog i mean my dog's <laughs> huge yours not so much but barkley full of energy unlike oh, the God. running back who's his namesake Saquon normally uh normally has energy but uh you know doesn't really have a leg to run on right now unfortunately yeah. or bad knee i should say yeah yeah, your 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 season is uh, is not Over. what you hope. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't want to say. And you know what? You know what? For the first, I really I'm very disappointed with the way that Daniel Jones played Saturday. He was really the main cult. So there was a lot that went into it. There was a very similar to UK. The Giants were only down three and had a chance to get off the field on third and twenty two, and they commit a five yard uh, illegal contact foul that was just yeah. unnecessary. So. Just a young team making dumb mistakes. But Daniel Jones is really, really bad. And for the first time ever, I started looking at those graphics of Trevor Lawrence in the Giants <laughs> uniform. Okay, I could do that. I was about to say, just brace yourself uh, for the rest of the year and welcome Trevor Lawrence. Billy, on the other hand, his Tampa Bay Bucks playing in Denver, where Billy right now Denver wins the COVID uh, situation with the entire cast of South Park sitting in the stands. 
the cutout figures. That was brilliant. You know, I saw that headline, but I actually I didn't see it in game. So yeah. I'll have to see more of these cutout antics. And and you know, Aaron was quick to uh, talk trash week one when the Bucks lost to the Saints. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, this ain't hurting me at all to see the Giants go zero and three and the okay. the Joe Judge uh, honeymoon is over. The difference is your team's expected to win and mine's not. So. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, mine's three and zero. Just beat the Saints, but I'm gonna. Well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, one other note about Tampa: uh, Billy, of course, coming here from Tampa, is celebrating a Stanley Cup championship, but it's not exactly jumping up and down, throwing confetti. There's too much other stuff going on. It was the fourth most interesting thing on TV last night, Dick. But I still posted my. Photo of five-year-old me with the Stanley Cup, Lord Stanley's Cup, and uh, it's the best trophy in sports, so I had to do a little celebrating last That's night. That's pretty cool, I have to admit. Some sobering news, the Tennessee Titans are in trouble. Uh, they have got a handful of people in uh, in quarantine now, and it may threaten Sunday's game. We're going to have to see if any more people turn up positive and how things turn out. But uh, the reason we bring this up, and also Notre Dame once again is in trouble, announcing Monday 18 players had tested positive in its latest round of coronavirus testing conducted between Tuesday and Saturday. We bring this up because, uh, you know, we obviously we want everybody to be healthy, but Kentucky goes to Auburn. We don't know yet uh, if, if anybody tested positive there. I can tell you that whatever protocols were in place, Auburn did its best to try to make sure that, that people follow them. I will tell you, uh, that there were not enough people wearing masks in the in the game. Um, most of the people in the stadium were in the lower level, and a lot of them were socially distanced, but a lot of them weren't. So I'm really curious as to what happens down there if they if they see an outbreak down there, because what you do is you take a look at what's going on elsewhere, and you keep your fingers crossed for your backyard. So that's what we're trying to do right now. And it doesn't help when Mike Leach, who's, who's fun, who's entertaining, is really funny, a smart guy. But he was another one of those coaches who had trouble, and so did the Kentucky coaches. Um, and I, I saw this firsthand. When you're talking a lot, as they were, whether it's a mask or a gator, you have a really, really difficult time, and especially if they're talking fast, of keeping those things up where they're supposed to be. The key is, do you yank it back up when you're done? Mike Leach was not, and he basically uh, said publicly that he tried to remember the best he could to keep it up. He said, I was in a constant state of talking. He said, lifting it up when it came down, he said there was a, a number of challenges, but he said basically at some point when you're six feet apart, I can't help but wonder if some of this isn't an homage to politicians. Come on. We've tried to say, but it's not politics. Now, I guess you can attach it to that when you've got the White House turning its back on the, the premier expert, uh, Anthony Fauci, but he's got to set an example. You know, whatever he thinks, he's got to keep his players safe. He's got to set an example. And by dismissing this sort of one of the protocols as being politically connected that doesn't do anybody any good. So that was kind of uh, that was kind of disappointing when I saw that in Leach. But he also, as we just talked about the the cutouts, the fake people in the stands, he had several comments about 
the fake, the fake people in the stands at LSU, and he began to reference the old Twilight Zone episodes, not the ones that they remade, but the ones from the 60s, which you all may have seen, uh, you millennials, because they're, they're constantly on television, but they're the old black and white ones with Rod Serling narrating and the, 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 the signature music, and it's sort of a sci-fi series. I guess you, if you had to, to assign it to a genre, it would be sci-fi, but it, there's always a bizarre twist, a bizarre ending, and, and Leach tied that into the, the cutouts at the LSU Stadium, which I thought was just hilarious. So uh, him in Starkville, Mississippi, I mean, you talk about a guy who's going to be making headlines all the time. And he came from Pullman, Washington. Prior to that, Lubbock, Texas. I think, uh, and before that, Norman, Oklahoma, I think Lexington was the biggest town he's lived in in quite some time. So and, and Mummy was making the headlines because Mike was the offensive coordinator here. So anyway, uh, we'll talk to Neil about that. That's got to be interesting covering the program with Mike Leach as the head coach. Um, 280-2287-800-606-4263. By the way, Lewis Riddick has apologized to the mother of Patrick Mahomes. Did you guys see this? Uh, yeah, oh. I did. And did you notice it when it was going on? Aaron? Did you hear him calling him Pat Mahomes? I honestly, I had the game on mute most of the night. I was on a, a Zoom call, so ah. I watched it, but I wasn't listening. Okay. Well, uh, I watched. I did not hear it. I think I may have still been on the radio. Yeah, we were on the air. Yeah, we were on the air. <laughs> That's when it was happening. on the air for one hour, and then after it, I got on. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I did see the tweet. Patrick Mahomes' mother tweeted that she was so frustrated during the game. She said, if this announcer doesn't stop calling my son Pat, ugh, I may scream. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like all that big a deal. But it is to people who have the name or his mother, I'm certain, named him Patrick. There's a reason that, well, for instance, Matthew Mitchell doesn't like to be called Matt. Uh, there are a lot of people who are like that. And I remember... This is way back, kids, uh, when Kentucky, during the 78 championship run, one of the critical key players was James Lee. And everybody from around Lexington and the U.K. nation and all that, they knew him as James Lee. Billy Packer insisted on now and then calling him Jimmy Lee. And when he started doing that, I'm like, who? Oh, he means James. And I don't know if anybody corrected him or whatever, but it just sounded weird. But I can imagine, guys, that, that his mom was, you know, this is the most, the highest paid athlete in the history of the world and the most famous player in the NFL who's playing his butt off and kicking the crap out of the Ravens. But they keep calling him Pat. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm with her. I, I am. You know, people get upset about that. So you wait that long for to be on a national stage, you better get my son's name right. And, you know, who's having a better year than Patrick Mahomes? Um, Nobody. with the, the contract that he's gotten. He announced, I think, today that with his fiance they're expecting a child, so another Chiefs draft pick in 2040 or whatever it would be. So good for Mahomes, and he's he looked great last night, didn't he? Yep. Uh, the Athletic reporting that NASCAR will not be coming back to the state of Kentucky. That's terrible news, that Chicagoland and Kentucky will not be a part of the 2021 schedule which is coming out tomorrow. That is really heartbreaking news 
for the people up in northern Kentucky, and really Kentucky <clears throat> racing fans everywhere. So uh, more information coming out tomorrow, but we will uh, keep an eye on that for you. But that's from The Athletic, and the, uh, the news that it was coming to Kentucky was huge back in the day. And now it looks like, at least for next year, it won't be back. 280-227-800-606-4263. Tweet us at Big Blue Insider 1. Neil Price at the bottom of the hour. Chris Doring and Richard Skinner in hour number two of the Big Blue Insider here on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Welcome back to the Big Blue Insider. Coming up in just a few minutes, Neil Price will join us to tell us about calling the upset of LSU by the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Lots of football chatter, but we talked basketball today, Aaron. You were on the call, as was I, with John Calipari. Yeah, it was good to hear from him, and I I think it was a strategic move seeing a chance to brag about all of his NBA guys and you know, we'll start with this cut. It was it was a four minute answer, so I had to cut it into a, a way shorter version. But Kyle Tucker asked Cal Terry on because it's already happening on Twitter. People are coming at him saying he doesn't care about winning at UK. He only cares about getting guys to the NBA. Here's his response to that. Well, when people say he doesn't care about winning, all he cares about is his players. It's not true. I care about winning and winning championships. But to say that, you know that. He only loves his players. He doesn't – okay. But we've won more games in 11 years, uh, more league title, more tournament title, more Sweet 16s, NCAA games, lead eights, Final Fours, and won a national title. I know we could have done more. I know that. Um, but if you want to say that, that's fine. And as far as – As far as – yeah, what? I cut it off a second early. My fault. Oh. Trying to get off. <laughs> he but, made um, it, he made his point though, and he's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, anybody who watches him during a game, obviously, he wants to win. But yeah, he should have won at least two more titles. Absolutely, should have, especially in fifteen. But uh, yep. Going on to one of the guys that I think has played maybe the most surprising postseason, Tyler Hero, and. Uh, I forgot to ask him, but someone asked him about his conversations with another former Wildcat, Pat Riley, uh, during the draft process. Guys like that, Larry, you say, look, whatever you're seeing, add 20 to 30% to it because this kid will never leave the gym. He's fearless, and he's built his own confidence. What I didn't know with he or Bam, that, again, there are some signs of some passes that Tyler will throw that you'll go, oh, my gosh. But you're seeing him now in pick and rolls. Well, when he was here, we needed him to score – He had the ball in his hands. He could make plays, but he wasn't in pick and rolls. Now you're seeing that. Bam, when we got him, if anybody said they knew Bam would be what he is today, you're smoking crack. There's no – but what we did know is that he could fight. He was competitive. He could guard five positions. He was way better with the ball than everybody knew, and we saw it. But right now you got eight months to get your team together. You're not going to say, okay – we're going to make you a point center in the next three weeks, four weeks. You, you can't do that. But if you all remember, do you remember the play rebounded? He came out and he did a Euro step and shot it back the length of the court. We were all like, who the heck is that? Well, we had seen it. We had seen it in practice. 
And in Miami, it took a couple years for them to have that kind of confidence in them. But right now, they'd just as soon start the offense with Yes, we went into a little BAM uh, rant, too, but uh, two really impressive guys that have surprised a lot of people. And finally, I, I found this one a little interesting. He talked about uh, how UK trained these players to handle the media attention that they're getting in the NBA playoffs because all of them have been great interviews. Here's what he had to say about that. Well, they, when they come here, and Eric will tell you, we do social media training, and we do media training, um, and we go through all that, and then they their first game is done, and they walk out, and there's 50, 60 of you standing there. There's the whole group of televisions up there, and then they go and break down in little groups and do media after going up there. I mean, that's every game we play here. You're not going after and there's one media member. There's 50 after every single game. Sometimes it's 100. So I think they get the picture here and they understand that they're not only speaking for us and Kentucky, they're speaking for them in their own name, their own brand. And they get that. And uh, our kids have been good here. They really have. And our staff has done a great job of preparing them. You know, the Miami Herald had a story early in the year when Harrow was starting to, to really blossom about, and it was Pat Riley talking about taking kids from Kentucky. And I know people were pointing at him, ah, just because you went to school there. But, you know, that it wasn't always the case with Pat Riley. But he said he likes the way they are prepared now. And it might be infuriating to you that Calipari talks about getting kids ready for the NBA. But obviously that's a huge step for any NBA team to get a guy who is as well prepared as these kids are. And the Lakers, Aaron, could say the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, they got two of them themselves, and they have uh, a coach who spent some time in this program. So, I mean, it's crazy to think about one program having six major players slash executives in, or, and coaches in the finals. Uh, it's so impressive. I mean, there's no other school that I think could even try to do that with the way the rosters are right now. Now, you've got a couple other programs with a number of, of people in the post, but when you throw in the coach of one team and the president of the other, that kind of makes you untouchable. All right, when we come back, Neil Price will join us and talk about what it felt like to go into Death Valley and deliver the death blow. We're back in a minute here on 630 WLAP. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. From the LSU 24. Three receivers right, one left. Hill in the backfield with Costello who takes the snap. Slings it for the end zone. Touchdown, Bulldogs! Osiris Mitchell! Oh, my! And he's put Mississippi State in front, 43-34, and over the right shoulder grab in the back right of the end zone. That's a familiar voice to Kentucky fans. For the longest time, he was the voice of U.K. baseball and women's basketball. Now the radio voice for men's basketball and football of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. My buddy Neil Price joins us on our celebrity hotline. Is the adrenaline still surging, Mr. Price? Yeah, and I think, Dick, it's it's probably as much from the result of the game as it was just finally getting to get back in a stadium and <laughs> do a game. 
again, you know, because all that was so up in the air for so yeah. long. It it was weird. Um, you know, Tiger Stadium's a place, as you well know, that uh, is well over 100,000 people. They usually have been partying all day long yep. before they get in there, and they're they're really ready to go. And uh, there were 21,000-plus there on Saturday, and it was still loud enough on the field that they're using a the silent count. They're doing all the things they would have done in a game there, but it was different. No, no question about that. But, no, glad to be back. Juices are still flowing pretty good, and <laughs> – getting ready for week two now before we break down some of the football i've got to ask you broadcaster to broadcaster and you and i've talked about things like this as long as we've known each other um when you get the opportunity to be a part of a broadcast whether you're doing play-by-play color or, or whatever i do and there are those moments and you just hope that your schooling your training your experience have rendered you up to the moment and it sounded to me like you were up to the moment. And you've you've been doing football for a long time, but D1 football, a little bit of a different animal. But uh, did you feel like you were up to the moment? Oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's – I'd love to tell you I thought it was perfect. Uh, but Never. I'll find something wrong with every call I've ever made. You sure. know, um, if people here enjoyed it, then it's good enough for me. Uh, that that's kind of that that's kind of what it, it's a subjective business. You yep. know that, yep. and and there'll be as many people out there who think that I did a good job with the end of the game as there will be that thought that it was hokey or contrived or, or whatever. You know, and and that's fine. Everybody's yeah. entitled to an opinion. All I will tell you is I had a I had a fun time. It was great watching it. It's the first time that I've seen the air raid in person. I was I was a young <laughs> fellow in high school. When, when Coach Leach and Hal Mummy were running it in Lexington. Uh, so it's the first time I've seen it in person, and it was pretty impressive on Saturday. Well, and then you bring me to my next question. Um, what has been the reaction in Starkville, not just to this game, but uh, since he got here or there, to the air raid? Well, State was going to win two games if you ask people in town prior to Saturday, <laughs> and now they're going to win 10. Depending <laughs> on <who you> have. <laughs> so, so, so to say that the expectation level and the interest uh, have both gone up would, would be understatements. I think there's some genuine surprise, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'm in that camp. Uh, I, I thought that State would go down there and move the ball on offense because I, I've seen them do it in scrimmages, and I'd seen them move it in practice, and you could tell that they were clicking on that side of the ball a little bit more. And they've got more experience on that side, not guys necessarily who have run that offense, but they just got older guys. And, you know, on defense, you didn't really know what to expect because beyond those three starters on the defensive line and Errol Thompson at middle linebacker, they're really young. I mean, they're really young. So, um, I think everybody was was pleasantly surprised too that when those guys on defense needed to make a big play, they could and did, and um, you know they they gave the offense a chance to go back out there and win the game. And there's a part of me that believes that that's just kind of how this thing's going to go. Uh, State's success is going to be predicated by what it does on offense and how well it can protect KJ Costello. 
and how well it can limit its turnovers. Um, and if it can do those things, I think it's going to have a chance to, to win some games. Neil, you kind of question I wanted to ask you, which was the expectations going into the season when I was looking at Mississippi State trying to project, you know, UK's record. I, I didn't even know what to make of them, but you kind of nailed it there. But now you said Starkville's expecting 10 wins. We obviously know that's probably not going to happen, but where, where not against think- the schedule. No, <laughs> <laughs> but um, what is a realistic expectation now that what we saw happen at LSU, but then you still, of course, have the SEC West ahead. You know, I, I'm not trying to dodge the question, but I, I honestly, I don't know. And, and here's why I tell you that. If you look at the first week of the SEC, and for that fact, look at the early weeks of college football, period. There are a ton of points that are being given up across the country in every league. There, there hasn't been... And, you know, you guys tell me if I'm wrong on this. I, I can't recall that there's been a dominant defense just yet. I mean, for the most part, teams are giving up, you know, somewhere between 15, 20-some points a game. And I think that's just a result of, number one, no spring. Everybody's tried to cram a lot into 30 days' worth of, of fall camp. And on top of that, I think coaches have have tried to err on the side of caution because they wanted to go into the season with as many healthy people as they could. So maybe there's not been as much contact. Maybe the tackling's not exactly where you want it to be at this point. Uh, That's just my gut. I I don't know that that's accurate, but that's what I think. So until we play two or three more weeks of this thing out and teams kind of get to where they, they are who they are, so to speak, I don't know that anybody knows what to make of it. I think LSU is going to be good by the end of the year because I'm going to tell you, they've got talent. Um, Ali Gay, defensive end there, uh, that guy's going to be one of the best players in this league. He's a real defensive end. Um, they'll get Stingley back. They'll, they'll have their top corner back. Uh, you know, they missed him with illness. They've got uh, Jacoby Stevens back there at the back to anchor that defense. Uh, They've got Jabril Cox, who will get better, a transfer from North Dakota State, who was an All-American in the FCS. Uh, they got real players. I I mean, I think they're going to be better by the end of the year, but I think everybody else in the league is going to be better by the end of the year, too. Neil, what's your opinion on this Mike Leach fella? I mean, he comes in and, and sets an SEC record with all the passing attempts in his offense, and you know, the next day he has comments about masks and politicians. It seems like a guy that's th- on thin ice at all times, and, and if you're not winning, things could turn quickly. I don't know that he's on thin ice all the time. I, uh, fast and loose is kind of how I like to describe it. Um What I will tell you as someone who has listened to coaches for a a while in in different sports, I find him very refreshing. Um, And and the reason is I think he says exactly what's on his mind, good, bad, or indifferent. And we live in a day and age where recruiting is so important that I think you have a lot of coaches and and, a lot of programs that are really – really conscious or maybe cautious of, of how they project their brand in the media and with social media. I don't think Mike Leach worries about any of that. I think it's, this is who I am 
and this is what I'm about. And if you agree with it, great. And if you don't, well, it's America. You've got a, a right not to. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of my take on him so far. Um, when when we've done interviews, it's been very entertaining. Uh, and when the train leaves the station, you think you know where it's going. <laughs> it might take a detour up around to bend here or there, but you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of fun along the, on the ride, you know. So um, I, I like him. Uh, you know, I mean, X's and O's. I, I don't pretend to know what he knows or what any of his staff knows, for that fact, about the game. But just sitting down and dealing with him one on one, he's he's great. Has he mentioned the, the a pirate yet? Has he gone pirate on you yet? Uh, a little, not a lot. Uh, there, there's been a, a video that's gone viral down here uh, in in the last 48 hours that uh, the, the folks in uh, the the uh, Hale State Productions office put together. And this was done. It wasn't done on Monday. They they did it a couple weeks in advance, just hoping they'd have an opportunity. I think to use it, but they got an old old wagon like what you'd see in those old westerns, and they brought the band out, so it is a band wagon, and they've got the maroon pirate flag with the skull and crossbones on it, and and Coach Leach sitting up on the front stool going, looking for a band wagon, hop on, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and it's been pretty well received by the state fan base so far. You know, what's fascinating to me, and again, it just can show the value of of a head coach, uh, you know, or a value of of someone with personality. The amount of people talking about Mississippi State football today, and the amount of people that were talking about it yesterday, it, it's it's crazy. I did six or eight radio interviews yesterday, oh, wow. and I did it on XM. I did them in Portland, Oregon. Uh, places where people don't know where Mississippi State is. Right. And it, all of it is because, sure, they beat an LSU program that won the national championship last year. But Mike Leach is what everybody wants to talk about. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's, I mean, I, you look at John Cohen at this point, and you go, hey, so far, you get a pretty good return on your investment. <laughs> I got about 60 seconds left, but you mentioned recruiting, Neil. And this is going to be huge. Every quarterback in America is going to at least look at Mississippi State now. A lot of receivers will too, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. And, and hey, you know, this is worth mentioning. Give Steve Spurrier Jr. and Dave Nickel a lot of credit too. They're the receivers coaches on, on this staff. Okay. And these are, in large measure, the same receivers that have been in the program with the exception of you for the last two years and everybody thought these guys are slow. They can't do it. You know, make up your own excuse. Here's to why state didn't throw the ball or they couldn't catch it. And these guys helped put up 623 (laughs) yards passing in a game on Saturday against DBU. So they've been coached up. Um, I think quarterbacks are going to want to come play for this guy, just like they would anybody who's got a knack for offense and, I'm telling you, K.J. Costello says this is a polar opposite from anything he did at Stanford, and he has taken to it like a duck to water. So, no you know, it's, it's great. No question about that, and, and what a different life for him going from Silicon Valley to uh, 
the rolling fields of Starkville. Neil Price, the radio voice of Mississippi State, and our good buddy from all the years he spent here at Kentucky. I suspect we'll talk again sometime, sir, but uh, great job on the call. We got a chance to listen to a little bit of it driving back from Auburn, and uh, we will see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, maybe in a couple weeks we'll talk again. Sounds good. Thanks. Have a good one. See you, Dick. All righty. Mississippi State comes to town in two weeks. Ole Miss is up next. But coming up next, Smack Talk. Or is it Mac Talk? Well, it's both. John Calipari, Chris Mack, it's getting good. Back in a minute on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Chris Mack and John Calipari have done just that. Aaron was describing earlier some of the comments that Calipari made on his Zoom call. Basically, it was a news conference, if you will. And there were so many people who wanted to talk to Calipari about his connection to the players and the program's connection to the teams in the NBA Finals. But, and this was predictable, somebody brought up Chris Mack's comments and comments coming from the other end of the interstate about whether or not UK and UofL would be able to get together in these pandemic times and agree to how the games would be played. No fans at UofL, some fans at UK perhaps, uh, what's fair, what's not fair. It's it's become, and, and somebody tried to bait Calipari, it was a good question, uh, about the series and somebody asked him, you know, well, what do you think they're trying to get out of the series, and, and he ducked it adroitly. He said, I don't know what they're thinking, and he went on to something else. But Chris Mack, uh, not too long ago on Twitter, fired up his iPhone, and he delivered this two-minute address to the, I don't know what they call themselves, the, the Cards Nation. Cards fans, your fearless leader, Coach Mack. I keep getting asked, Coach. Are we playing the game? Are you scared? Are you a chicken? You won't play Kentucky? As for the UK series, here's the thing. I want to do what's most convenient for John and his program. You do believe that, right? That I want to do what's best for John? Never mind the fact that we had a December 12th mutually agreed upon date to play the game. And never mind the fact that they backed out of the 12th because they were returning from London on December 6th after playing Michigan. Thought it was too close to the 12th. Never mind the fact that that December 6th game got canceled. No trip to London. Can we play that game on the 12th? Never mind the fact that they scheduled Notre Dame in lieu of playing us on the mutually agreed upon date of December 12th. Never mind the fact that they called ESPN and tried to change one of our ACC games without our knowledge or permission. Never mind the fact that Coach Stoops and his football program at the University of Kentucky honored that request in football to move Louisville's home game from 2020 to 2021. If you can do it in football, seems like you could do it in basketball. Never mind the fact that the University of Cincinnati asked us to do the exact same thing that we're asking Kentucky to do. 
And we honor that request. Listen, I don't want to stand in the way of college basketball's best rivalry. Whatever is most convenient for Coach Cal, we'll do it. See you in the UM Center. Go Cards. Threw down a gauntlet there, and mind you, I don't know what's going on on the other end of that. That presents one side of things. But, Billy, you worked in Louisville. Now you're covering your over here on this end of the interstate. It's getting interesting, oh, isn't it? Oh, we are so back, Dick. <laughs> we are so back. I love this. This is exactly what the rivalry needed, a little bit of spice, and we needed Chris Mack to assume that villain role. He is – Nowhere near close to the Rick Patino in the angst that we've seen over the past decade or so. I love this. I love his sarcastic tone. I love him. I just love all of it, Dick. I think this is <laughs> Cal has to be there has to be steam coming out of his ears right now. I can't wait for his response. Well, and I thought today Aaron Calipari was was amicable when he talked about it. You know, it's it's not like he slapped them in the face, did he? Not no, I didn't think so. I didn't think it was controversial at all. I think he just made it clear that no matter the circumstances, he wanted to play uh, and said, you know, if we, he also brought up the fact that, you know, we don't know what the heck is going on with this virus. There's right. a chance, I'm hopefully not, I'll go crazy, but <laughs> we'll be playing in front of an empty rep arena again next December. And so I, I thought he was fine, but I, I'm with Billy here. I mean, I, I know UK fans will say, oh, bulletin board material. I love it. We need this in the robbery now. It's been completely one-sided in both football and basketball the last couple of years, and uh, this is great. This is a great job by Chris Mack. Yeah, and it's a little surprising to me. I thought that, um, that, that he and Calipari had the kind of relationship where, and granted, he was being sarcastic and funny and all that, but this was definitely – more than a jab. This was, like I said, this was taking off the glove and swatting him across the face with it. And I was a little surprised by this, quite frankly. But, um, you know, I'm like you guys. I mean, this is this is another interesting chapter in the history of this rivalry, which has had a lot of interesting chapters through the years, both in football and basketball. So, well, we'll see if there's any response from the Joe Craft Center. And if not, let's just keep our fingers crossed and – Hope that the season allows us to see a game between these two. Stay safe. Wear your mask. We want football. Hour number two is next, 630 WLAP. You have 24 hours, Cal. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.